Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. My name is Eli Herskovich. You can follow The Lines on Twitter at TheLinesUS. You can follow our lead MLB analyst as well at MotoR, just as it's spelled on the screen. Breaking down three big games here on Friday, slate June 16th. Cardinals, Mets, Royals, Angels, and Padres, Race And before we get started, remember to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to get notifications whenever the lines releases a new sports betting video in any market, including most dates today. MLB bets, which can be found in the lines discord channel. The link is at the lines.com in the top right hand corner. Mo, before we get into your bets, your three bets for Friday's card. Went one and one on the video plays yesterday, I believe two and one overall. If you go check out Mo's bets, all of his bets in the aforementioned Discord channel. Angels, thankfully, hung on, bases loaded, nobody out, bottom of the ninth for Texas. I was sweating for you, and their closer had to come out of the game. It looked like one of their other relief pitchers that came in to eventually close things out. Was a little upset, had a couple swear words to say the least. I think he thought he was going to get a little bit more time to warm up. But your Angels, led by Shohei Otani, did hang on. Is that what happened? Me and my buddy were watching the game trying to figure out why the dude was cursing over there. We didn't know if he was mad for his teammate or what was going on. Um, Maybe he wanted more warm-up. I guess that makes sense. I think so, yeah. I kind of loved it. Like I kind of was like... This dude's just out here puking on himself on the mound. Like, <laughs> I always say, just like, somebody is just puking on themselves. Like, just pull them. I mean, you can, the next guy can't do any worse. I know Estevez well, is good. Like, I know he's good, and he's been good, but he was puking on himself out there, just completely melting down. Just throw the next guy and see if he can get somebody out. I mean, whatever. I should say. And he did. Yeah, he did. He got out of it. I should say a pretty a pretty fortunate win. I think it was a fine bet. I mean, the market definitely thought it was a good bet. I think the Angels closed like plus 105, but got pretty lucky in the seventh. The, t- the Rangers had a big rally uh, brewing, and Marcus Simeon got two egregious strike calls against him. Got tossed. Multiple coaching staff members got tossed. Rightfully so. I mean, I'm glad that they... Gave the umpire, told him what was what, but I'm also glad for my bet that Marcus Simeon got tossed. So, got pretty fortunate there, but hey, we've had a few of those against us, so not going to complain or take victory laps on the other end of it, though. Yeah, it's an 162-game baseball season. We say that all the time, whether it's variance on a given play or variance with an umpire, things are bound to happen like that a lot. So, best of luck. If you're like Mo, betting on baseball every single day because there are a lot of ups and downs on a minute-by-minute basis, even though the game has sped up this season because of the pitch clock. But first game to kick us off here, Mo, 7-10 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. Cardinals at Mets. The St. Louis Cardinals, formerly our St. Louis Cardinals. I think I can officially say I've given up on St. Louis. They have lost 10 of their last 12 games. And the Mets... 32 and 36, probably right there with St. Louis before the Cardinals decided to give up on their season. Obviously, the injury to Ryan Helsley, their closer, didn't help, but not like his command. Speaking of closers dealing with command issues was that much better before the injury. Could have been an injury issue, though. 
So the Mets got back on track and probably not to say Wednesday night's win over the Yankees was a must-win game, but boy, did they need it. I believe Brandon Nemo had the walk-off hit and St. Louis, which actually opened at around plus money, is now a slight favorite. Minus 115 at most books, total of eight and a half, nine juice both ways, depending on how you're looking at it and how your book has this one priced. It is Miles Michaelis and his 402 ERA 385 FIP. So he's pitched pretty much to expectation, maybe a little bit under exceeding his peripherals against Tyler McGill. His whiff rate ranks in the fifth percentile and his opponent's expected batting average ranks in the 11th percentile. So Cardinals struggling mightily. Mets struggling probably close to mightily. How are you betting this average subpar game tonight, Mo, to kick us off? I am fading Tyler McGill. Um, I think he belongs in the bullpen. I will say one good thing is he was up to 95 in his last start. But it just it just isn't working for him this year. I mean, he's like been pretty much replacement level across the board. I still am giving him a little more credit than that <clears throat> based on last year and his track record. But it's been really rough. Five walks per nine. That's just untenable. His swinging strikes have collapsed. His chase rate has collapsed. One thing that McGill always did well was get right-handed batters out. But even that has just has just gone away from him this year. He can't even do that this year. So that's huge here against this heavily right-handed St. Louis lineup. He has a 5.58 FIP, 5.15 X FIP, which, yeah, in a sample like this, that could could be bad luck, but <clears throat> the strikeout minus walk rate has is, is the same as it is versus lefties. So he's just getting crushed by everybody. And in the past, that's been like more than double, I think. So he's been much better against right-handed batters in the past so he profiles as a pitcher who should be okay against the Cardinals but this year it just hasn't been there and then yeah the Cards offense it's been better than the Mets against right-handed pitching this year in actuality and on paper I think they're probably better as well without Peter Alonso in there so yeah, I don't think the Cardinals should be even money here. I think they should be a little bit of a bigger favorite. So uh, I do like the Cardinals here. There was some minus 110 this morning. <clears throat> I think that's good. Even close to minus 120 is probably fine. And you mentioned the Cardinals offense, which should be on paper one of the best in baseball. They have the lowest. I mentioned this earlier in the week, and it still holds true. Lowest WRC+. plus. With the runners in scoring position in all of baseball, 30 points below the Royals. So we keep talking about, and I think you mentioned this a couple days ago, how you've been very profitable fading Kansas City. Cardinals have the worst by far offense with runners in scoring position since May 24th. So hopefully for your sake, they pick it up tonight against McGill. And speaking of those Kansas City Royals, Mo, 810. PM Eastern time first pitch angels who you cashed on last night, 39 and 32 took three of those four games against the Rangers at the Kansas city Royals, 1850. One of the worst records right there with Oakland in all of baseball and LA is anywhere between a minus 145 and minus 155 
favorite, Patrick Sandoval, whose strikeout rate has dipped. We talk about, you mentioned this with Miguel, how he has dipped considerably with his peripherals and overall stuff, really. Sandoval's strikeout rate has dipped 42 percentage points from last season, and he's up against Brady Singer, who has dealt with his own fair share of regression. Opponent's hard hit rate ranks in the lowest percentile in all of Major League Baseball up against a top five, borderline top five offense against Shohei Otani and the Angels. And I just want to go back to Sandoval for a second because you look at the biggest strikeout rate decrease from last season to 2023. Carlos Carrasco of the Mets leads the way. Probably no surprise there considering where he sits age-wise. Christian Javier, a little bit surprising. Shane Bieber got lucky last year and probably lucky for the majority of his last like two or three seasons. So maybe that doesn't surprise a lot of baseball batters beyond the casual ones. Justin Verlander, his strikeout rate is dipped. I know Mo, that doesn't probably doesn't surprise you too much. So he and Sandoval tied for the fourth highest strikeout rate difference from last season at minus 6.8%. Corbin Burns next up, Garrett Cole, Alec Manoa, for those who are following MLB tightly this year. Again, no surprise. Dane Dunning, his strikeout rate decrease might surprise some batters considering his resurgence or at least much needed presence in the in the Rangers rotation without Jacob deGrom. And then Max Scherzer's strikeout rate has dipped 5.3%, although he's come along strong here at least in his last four or five starts or so. So Royals Angels, what do you got here? You're continuing to back LA, Mel. Yeah, Angels are my team this year, so I guess we're back on the Angels. Um, Patrick Sandoval and Brady Singer, two of my guys last year, um, definitely made me some money, especially Singer. He was I was on him like every start, but I felt like the market was caught up to him this year, and then he was worse than that, so I'm fortunate that I didn't stay on him this year. I think Patrick Sandoval is still a decent pitcher, his velocity has ticked up two straight starts. He's been over 93. I think he's getting back to the velocity that he needs to be at to be successful. That's where he's been good the last couple of years. It's, he's not a big fastball guy anyways, though. He pitches mostly off his secondaries, his slider and his change. Um, he gets a good chase rate. I think that's big against the Royals. I've talked about before. They're very swing happy, so aggressive. Um, Brady Singer... I'm trying to figure out what was going on with him. I was digging around his stat cast stuff. I think what's happening is his slider command is bad now. And because of that, because like last year he was really good at spotting his slider, which makes sense. He's got to be good when he's only got two pitches. They have to both be really good pitches. Um, so he's really was good at spotting his slider on the corner. It's kind of all over the place this year. Same general area, but he's just not able to like really focus it in the corner where batters have tough um, swing or, or take decisions. And so when batters can more easily swing at the ones in the zone or take the ones that are out of the zone, the they can all just basically sit on his sinker because they know that they don't have to worry about a tough decision on the slider. And the sinker is just getting really crushed on contact this year. It's basically the same pitch as it was last year. Same velocity, I think. Same or similar movement. Same location. I don't think there's anything going on specifically with the sinker. It just 
when people don't have to worry about the slider, they're just crushing his sinker. And yeah, I, I think it's probably going to continue unless he can figure this out. But it's also like a situation where he was, he was in a really, really fragile place because like I said, because he was throwing two pitches and you know, you just don't have a lot of room. You need to like Spencer Strider type stuff usually to get away with that sort of thing. Christian Javier, you know, these guys have elite movement on their fastballs, velocity, stuff like that. And Singer wasn't there. So he was getting by on command, getting weak contact, getting called strikes. I think he's probably going to keep struggling. And then, yeah, I hate this Royals lineup. I mean, without Vinny Pasquantino too, just like I said the other day, they're basically, they have like five replacement level bats. It just doesn't really get any worse than what they're running out there. So I think the Angels should be bigger favorites. I did have them more like minus 165. So if you can get at least minus 155, it's probably a good enough edge to bet there. Looking at the Royals' last box score, I think this should encapsulate pretty much what Mo alluded to with their offense and the number that I brought up, that they are right in front of the Cardinals in a negative sense, looking at their WRC plus with runners in scoring position over the last nearly a month, about three weeks. So they lost to the Reds somehow, Cincinnati, just a game back, I believe, of Pittsburgh in the NL Central standings, by the way. But if you go back to their last loss, 7-4 loss to Cincinnati, and they out-hit the Reds by eight, and the Reds recorded four errors in that game, and they lost by three, seven to four. So I don't know how you could disagree with anything Mo was saying when you look at that box score and their inability to produce with runners on base. And also good luck to Brady Singer against Shohei Otani. Six home runs in his last seven games, now sitting as high as minus 400 to win AL MVP on June 16th. And remember, you could price shop for the latest MLB futures odds and single game odds as well, just like any of these games that Mo's discussing over at thelines.com. And we brought this up yesterday on yesterday's Beat the Closing Line. Should Otani be this big of a favorite? And when you look at his numbers, like I quickly said yesterday, yes. And then you look at the Angels sitting at four and a half games back in the AL West, one game back for the final final wildcard burst. So the likelihood that in the American League, likelihood that the Angels sell or trade Otani is, I would say, pretty low at the deadline. But there's always that if. We still have a month to go until the MLB trade deadline. And the only comparable situation to this is Mark McGuire going back to 1997 when he was traded from Oakland to St. Louis. And obviously he was an AL MVP candidate in the first half or so of that season. So I'll ask you the question again, Mo. And maybe you don't have a direct answer to it just yet, but is it worth looking anywhere else for AL MVP just based off of the notion? And I know you believe in LA, but based off of the possibility that Otani could get dealt. I would think he wouldn't just because, like you said, they are still in contention. And I don't think anyone's going to, I mean, like, 
who is really going to give them something too crazy for that short of a rental? Because I can't, this would be deadline stuff. I mean, because they're in such close to, you know, chasing these, these playoff spots and, and Mike Trout, I think they owe it to Mike Trout after all the years he's been that elite to like take this shot. But that being said, Trout's been pretty bad this year by Trout standards. But <clears throat> I guess that also is like an indication to me that they should honestly be better going forward. Like what if Trout just gets <clears throat> halfway to normal Mike Trout, you know, like in between the, here and there. I mean, at that point, the Angels would somewhat have a scary offense. Like right now they're just pretty good. They did lose Zach Neto, I should add, though. He's been pretty good for them, specifically in the field. Uh, he's been quite helpful, I think, on a team that has had some struggles on defense, but also hitting the ball pretty well as well. So, yeah, that, that might hurt them a little bit in the short term, but I don't think he's going to be out too long. Last game on the card to discuss, 9.40 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. Probably the best game of the slate. We've discussed a couple of those over the last couple of podcasts. Rays, best record in baseball, 28 games over 500 against the Padres. Still two games under, but playing better of late. They've taken, or they took two or three from the Guardians earlier this week, going back to the last few days. You have AL Cy Young favorite Shane McClanahan up against you, Darvish. And I'm curious to get your perspective on Darvish, Mo. 430 ERA, 3.77 FIP. And he somewhat reinvented himself if you go back to his pitch mix from his recent previous seasons because he's using that sweeper, which is essentially another version of his slider, which he also uses at a pretty substantial rate. And the sweeper slider combo account for 37.9% of his pitch type frequency this season. And he's had. Literally a mixed bag of results, although the peripherals will tell you otherwise. Minus 110 both ways on the money line. Looking at the price tag for this game, Padres actually opened at plus money. So we've seen some money come in on San Diego, the home, I guess not dog anymore. And the Padres are actually tied for the sixth best WRC plus against lefties this season. And McClanahan is a southpaw, just that. So how are you betting this game, Padres and Rays? Yeah, the slider's always been a, a big, big key for Darvish. Um, <clears throat> Sweeper-wise, he's he's actually, that's, he's always been a guy who's really been good at shaping his slider to different ways. Um, so I think the sweepers, maybe he's like on the forefront of using different types of sliders. But um, I don't think it's going to be, Great for him here. The Rays, fourth best against sliders. And sweepers um, are pretty bad against opposite-handed hitters. And we know the Rays are going to load up platoon bats. That's what they always do. And overall, I'm surprised to see myself on the Rays. Just like having the Rays undervalued isn't really something that... I Like, I haven't bet the Rays for probably over a month um, since they've been so good. The market has really caught up to how good they've been. I think what's going on here for me is I don't see what the ERA estimators are seeing in Shane McClanahan. They think he's been lucky and he should be closer to like a mid threes ERA. I don't really see it. I think he's been just as good as he was last year. His chase rate is better than it's ever been. His swinging strike rate is better than it's ever been. These are two big indicators to me. I mean, the biggest 
the hardest thing to do is make a major league hitter swing and miss. So he's doing that better than he's ever done it. Very good for strike rate. So even though he has um, a few more walks this year, I don't think it's going to continue. I think it's probably a fluke. So without that, I would guess his estimators would come down quite a bit because they're because people got to remember that you know the ERA estimators are descriptive of what's happened rather than trying to predict what's going to happen going forward. So I think that he's been unlucky to have some of these walks. Probably I have him like a half a uh, I have him like more than a half a run actually better than you Darvish. So even when I bump the Padres offense to better than the Rays, which they probably are on paper, even though they haven't been so far, I still came up with Rays around minus 120 here. So yeah, even money minus 110, minus 105, it's a little too, it's a little too long for me. So I like the Rays a little bit here. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be on McClanahan. I, He's been awesome so far, and he was a guy I w- thought was amazing in the last couple of years. And just now, I think people are starting to realize about the past year or so, middle of last season, how good he is. I want to bring up one more futures topic before we wrap it up. If you look at the way the Padres rotation sets up for this weekend, like I mentioned, Darvis going tonight, then Blake Snell on Saturday, Joe Musgrove on Sunday against a pitcher to be determined. And then the Padres go to San Francisco for another big series. I think you could argue, because if you look at the World Series futures market, San Diego certainly at their high point. We touched on this with Toronto earlier in the week, and their number has actually dipped from plus 1,900 over at DraftKings back down to plus 1,600, which is pretty much the market consensus. And I know you're high on the Jays. You have an AL pennant future on them. So San Diego, similar to the Jays, have underperformed, but right in the thick of the wildcard race. And if they were to, let's say, I know you disagree with this take because you're betting the race tonight, but let's say they were to sweep Tampa Bay. We hit on this with one of our guests from a couple weeks ago over from VEASAN, Adam Burke, just touching on the idea. And this was more about Sunday Night Baseball and how if the national media captures the attention of a big time player on a big time stage, then, and he has a huge performance, let's say, then the market may take that into account. If the Padres were to sweep the Rays, even take two or three, I think you could see, I'm not saying it's going to be a drastic difference in the market, but if they were to, let's say, take three or four from the Giants next week, then you would certainly see a, dip in their futures price. So a dip in a positive sense. Are you intrigued by that thought at all? Because I know you've been thinking that San Diego is going to come around at some point. Yeah, a little bit, especially with kind of the struggles that the Dodgers have had um, with their pitching injuries and all that sort of thing. And now Max Muncy going on the IL, I believe. So they're... It's been a pretty tough season health-wise for the Dodgers. I definitely think like, and and I liked the Diamondbacks coming into the season. I actually was expecting to find myself on them in some futures numbers. I'm disappointed that I didn't and now regretful about it because I thought I liked them better than the market and then the markets were a little stronger on them than I thought they were going to be. Um. So, but yeah, I do think if 
the Padres could put a run together, I think they're, they'd be right there with these teams. I mean, they have had good fortune in terms of health. I mean, minor dings to Machado and, and Bogarts, but nothing nothing too too impactful. And, and their pitching staff, I believe, has remained intact. So, yeah, I do like the Padres going forward, and, and I am surprised that I'm fading them, I guess, because I feel like I've been the high man on the Padres all year. But I'm not like that big on the Dodgers. I, I think, honestly, in the NL, it's really going to be tough to beat the Braves. They just they're just so deep. Like that's the biggest thing about the Braves to me is just more so than any of these teams, I think other than maybe the Padres, they can just withstand injuries to people because they just have, especially in the bullpen. I mean, they, this is like, they're, they're, they're the best team in the NL so far and they haven't had two of their top three or four pitchers all season. So yeah, I think if the Braves get those guys back, they're just going to be really tough to beat in the NL. That's going to do it for this edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by thelines.com. And to most point, Atlanta's the favorite to win the World Series, sitting at around plus 450 price shop for any MLB futures over at thelines.com. For Mo, you can follow him on Twitter at Mo Noir. For myself, at Eli Herskovich. And you can follow the lines on Twitter at the Lines US. Remember to head over to play.thelines.com for your chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card all weekend long. So for tonight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, by participating in our MLB Daily Pick'em Contest. Thanks for watching and listening. So long, everybody. 